Good morning, Bright Temple, family and friends, those who are joining us by stream, live stream. We pray God's blessings over you, and we pray that as the song has sung, the instrumental has been played, that we need God more and more in our lives, that we need the more of him, and that the more of him that we have in our lives, the more excellent our experience will be. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for these few moments, Lord, that we have to minister your word to your people. Lord, allow our hearts and our minds and our spirits to be open to what you have to say to us during this time. Lord, give us the strength and the wisdom to hear your word and allow it to be a light lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lord, most of all, do not allow us to leave this experience the same way that we came. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. And I pray God's blessings over you. We started our series for the fall, our fall series, 2020, the final quarter. We're in the final few months of 2020, the final quarter of this year. And this has been a very challenging year in many ways and in many aspects. But I've also found this to be, as we declared at the beginning of this year, to be a year of opportunity, a year where God is revealing himself. We said early in the year that adversity is the truck that drives the payload of opportunity. And I find that to be true even at the end of this year. So it's the final quarter. Oftentimes you'll see football players, it's football season, it's college football out there. And I know my son, when they played football, they always held up that four during the final quarter. That four represented quite a bit. It represented that no matter what has happened in the final, the first three quarters, we're going to own this quarter. We're going to own this game. We're going to take this victory. The fourth quarter belongs to us. And I, for those of you watching out there, I just want you to hashtag this for somebody. Hashtag we got this. And while you're doing that, go ahead and share this stream with someone else. Share this stream, tag somebody's name in the comments so that they can be a part of this experience. Hashtag we got this. It's the fourth quarter. Victory belongs to us. And we know that God is going to help us come through. I want to share with you this scripture and we're going to share several scriptures on today. But just this particular scripture and many of us know the story behind it. But I just want to share 1 Samuel 30 and verse 8. And in first Samuel 30 and verse 8 simply says, And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. As a subtopic for our theme, a subtopic for our series, again, the final quarter. Tonight, today, I just want to talk to you about the grace to finish. We're going to be talking about the grace to finish. Last week, we asked the question, are you ready? And this week, we want to share from the thought, the grace to finish. When I began to think about this story, it reminded me of a story of a young woman. 1965, a divorced woman of two found a classified ad offering a restaurant for sale. She mortgaged her house to purchase the restaurant. In 1976, a fire forced her to relocate. Under the original purchase agreement, the name could not be moved to another location, and she did not want to lose customers who were already familiar with her brand. Ms. Ethel, who bought the restaurant, really had nowhere to go either after losing her location, after her location was burned to the ground. She had sold everything to fulfill her dream. And now this dream was up in ashes. Literally, her dream had gone up in smoke. Ms. Ruth Ertel decided to use her first name ahead of Chris Steakhouse. Her attorneys checked it out and and he found out that it was clear to be used, even despite the original name being tied to the restaurant that had burned down. She had a good following of people, so Ruth Chris Steakhouse was born 
and then franchised. So a divorced mother of two, down to her final asset, had sold all that she had, is now the CEO of the largest luxury steakhouse in the country. She saw her dream burn down, but yet she was given grace to finish that which she has started. One of the things that we need to do in obtaining the grace that God has given us, because grace is given to us freely of God, but when we want to walk inside the grace that God has given us, there are certain things that we have to fight with, and the first enemy is always yourself. The first enemy that you have to fight in any venture is not, is not someone on the outside, but it is your flesh on the inside. You have to fight yourself, and I want to talk to somebody today. In the final quarter of 2020, I need to tell you, you need to fight the fear of inadequacy. Fight the fear that you're not enough. Fight the fear that you're not deserving. Fight the fear that God does not have a plan for you, that you've made too many mistakes, that you've made too many errors, that you've come up short, that you don't have enough education, that you're too young, that you're too old, that you don't have enough assets, that you don't have enough friends in the right places, that you don't have enough material things. We have to fight the fear of inadequacy to walk in the grace that God has provided us to finish that which he has started in us. The Bible reminds us that he had, that has begun a good work in you will continue and complete that work until the day of Jesus Christ. He didn't start it for you to come up short. He didn't start it for you to be inadequate. He didn't start it for you not to finish. God will provide you the grace to finish, but we must first fight within ourselves the fear of being inadequate. The fear that I am not enough. The fear that I do not have enough. The fear that I do not know enough. The fear that I do not know enough people. If God has already established in you that he's about to work it out, then we have to fight all of the fears that will cause us to usurp our position that God has put us in. And that's what the devil wants to do. He gives you the fear of inadequacy. He, God has not given us a spirit of fear. So if we have fear, that is something that we have taken on from somebody else because God did not give you fear. We have taken on fear from listening to others. We've taken on fear from listening to our own flesh. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a, of a sound mind. God has given us all of the things that are necessary to be successful in that which he has already declared will occur in our own lives. The only thing we have to do is, is fight for it. And I came to tell somebody today, 2020 may have knocked you down, but baby, it's a time to get back up and fight for that which God has already declared will happen for you. You have to fight for that which God has already established and spoken over your life and declared that it is yours. You're going to have to fight for it just because God gave it to you doesn't mean it will stay in your possession if you don't have the will to fight for it. That's why the Bible says put on the put take you on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. It didn't say fight, but it said stand. But when it means what it means by that is that you have to be ready to fight just to occupy the position that God has already placed you in. Some of us are fighting for the wrong things. We're fighting to move. We're fighting against other people who've hurt our feelings. We're fighting to prove things wrong about what people have said about you 10, 15, 20 years ago. You're out there shadow boxing things that do not exist. Remember, that's how warfare works. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of wickedness in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The devil will have you fighting shadows. He will have you fighting conceptions that other people have placed in the world about you. He'll have you fighting against a reputation that somebody has tried to put out on you. He'll have you fighting against enemies that do not exist. He'll have you fighting against things that people have conjured up that the devil himself has manufactured. The devil is the author of confusion. 
And often we're fighting against confusion, which is simply a shadow of something that the devil has conjured up to take up your energy, to take up your time, to take up your effort, to frustrate you, to make you feel inadequate, to make you feel like you're enough, to feel like everybody is against you, to feel like you do not have enough resources, to make you feel like you do not have enough time, to make you feel like that you're not important enough. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not saved enough. The first thing that we must fight to walk in the grace to finish is the enemy that's on the inside. We must fight that fear of inadequacy. In the text that we see here, we know David was greatly distressed. That's an internal fight. That's not an external fight. He was distressed on the inside when it says he's greatly distressed. That means he's fighting the enemy within himself. He's having to overcome his own fear of inadequacy. He's having to fight his own anxiety. He's having to battle with his own depression. And I know somebody is out there who's battling those things. And I came to tell you, God gave you power over those things. Those things are real. Depression is real. Anxiety is real. Feelings of inadequacy are real. They're not shadows, but they're real things that we have to fight, that we have to battle, that we have to pray against, that we have to overcome. And David had to overcome the enemy on the inside of him, his own fear of inadequacy, his own fear that told him, you're nothing more and will never be anything more than just a little shepherd boy in the back of Jesse's house. All you will be is the less attractive brother of your other seven brothers. You'll always be the shortest. You'll always be the weakest. You'll always be the less considered. You'll always be the dumber. David had to fight all of the fears of inadequacy, of the demons of his past, of the devil trying to overcome his mind, of his flesh trying to hold him back and trying to hold him down. That's what holds us back the most. Not the demons on the outside, but our flesh. And the demons that get on the inside. We must fight ourselves. We must fight our own fears. We must fight our own thoughts of inadequacy. Second Corinthian writer says in Second Corinthians 4 and 8, we're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Moses had the same fight. When God called him at the burning bush and called him to bring him, deliver his people out of Egypt, David said, Moses said, who am I to speak to Pharaoh? Who am I to call for the release of your people? And God said, it's less about who you are and more about who's in you, more about who's with you. So when you go to Pharaoh, don't ask and say, Moses said, let my people go. But tell him the God of Moses, I am that I am has declared that you need to release my people. So don't worry about who you are. Worry about and be concerned and take courage about who's in you, who is with you. Tell him I am that I am is with you to overcome your fears of not being enough. Ephesians 6 and 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. The heart of the, I want you to understand, trials are simply us standing under pressure. We're going to go through things. We're gonna, our strength is going to be tested. Our faith is going to be tested. Our relationship with God, our proximity to God is going to be tested. But when we understand that God is with us, we understand that trials are simply us standing under pressure. The harder the trial, the stronger you become at standing in your position. Standing where God told you to be. That's all the devil wants you to do. He wants you to usurp the position where God placed you. He just wants you to move. He understands that where you are, is a place of power. It's a place of authority. It's a place of favor. 
So when the devil tempts you, when the devil tests you, all he's trying to get you to do is move out of your position so that you don't stand in that place of power and authority and dominion that God has given you. What you need to be worrying about is when the devil doesn't tempt you. Because if the devil is not testing you, then you have already stepped out of your position of God's favor and God's authority. If you've already stepped out of position, why does the devil need to tempt you? Why does he need to test you? Because you're already out of position. The devil wants you to move out of position. I love watching baseball. One of the things that I find about baseball is the hitter will get in a stance. The hitter will get in a certain position where he feels comfortable. And when he stands in that position where he's ready to hit the ball, every now and then, the pitcher will cause a pitch to come where he is. The pitcher will cause a pitch to to aim towards his chest or towards his head. they, They call it, they're moving him off the plate. And the reason he wants to cause the ball to come so close to the hitter, he wants the hitter to step back. And the reason he wants the hitter to step back is he wants him to get out of his position. Because the pitcher knows if the hitter is in a very comfortable position to hit the ball, he might get a hit. But he also knows if he can cause the hitter to move out of a position of comfort, he will be less likely to get a hit. All the pitcher wants to do it's caused the hitter to get out of position because if he's in the wrong position, he'll lose. I want you to understand that. Think of this in the context of the word. The Bible says, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials that shall take you as though some strange thing has happened to you. In other words, don't be surprised when the baseball comes towards you. All the devil is trying to do is move you out of position. And if he causes you to move out of position, he knows that you'll fail. He knows that you'll come up short. He knows that you won't realize the fullness of your potential. You know what hitters start doing? You know what they started doing? They started putting armor on. They already had a helmet, but then they started putting little armor on their sleeves and on their elbows to protect them. Why do they do this? So when the ball comes in their direction to move them out of position, they already have their armor on. They're protected against the move of their enemy that would cause them to move out of position. Again, put on ye the whole armor of God. Why? So that you can stand in the position where God has placed you so that you can stand in the position of favor and authority and dominion where God will establish and bless you. David recognized a few things. The things that I've been through have prepared me for this moment, and I need you to get that. The things that you have been through have prepared you for this moment. It has prepared you for your destiny. It has prepared you for what you're going through right now. The things that you've been through, God was carefully carving and molding you into the place where you will be favorable and find success on the next level. Where you find success wherever he might take you. Victory is your destiny. And I need you to get that and Say it to yourself, victory is my destiny. Say it, put it in the comments, victory is my destiny. Victory is my destiny. Songwriter, the old songwriter put it this way, God, I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. Why would God have gone through all the pain of the cross and suffering to die for me, to make the way for me? Jesus said, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Why did he suffer and die so that I could fail? 
He suffered. He died so that I could be successful. So victory is in my destiny. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loves me. I want you to understand something about dominion. Dominion is not an attitude of superiority. But dominion is an awareness that you are not by yourself. Let me say that again. Dominion is not an attitude of superiority. But rather, dominion is simply awareness that you are not by yourself. The reason that the police officer can, can knock on your door with authority because he's not by himself. The most powerful thing that the police officer has on him is not his gun, but it's his radio. Because he's never by himself. All he has to do is click his radio and the whole department will be with him. So when he knocks on your door with confidence, you might escape him. You might get by him. You might win over him. But he has an awareness that he's not by himself. All he has to do is click the radio and everybody on the force is with him. Same thing with us. The reason that we can have that confidence is not because of who I am, not because of my own strength. But dominion is an awareness that I am not by myself. Dominion is awareness that I have God on my side. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? We must first fight the fear of inadequacy. The second thing I want you to understand is that you must fight the urge to quit. First, you fight the fear of inadequacy, but secondly, you must fight the urge to quit. The village is burned down in our text the wives and children have been taken. It's David's fault as the leader to have led them to such a catastrophe. And as some of the men picked up their stones to throw them at David, David must have thought, hey, it's not good being me anymore. And, and, and I want to talk to some real people out there who felt that. Who felt in your heart that I'd rather be somebody else. I'd rather be in someone else's position. I'd rather have somebody else's set of circumstances. I'd rather have somebody else's luck. I'd rather have somebody else's grace. I'd rather have somebody else's life. I, I, I don't feel so good being me right now. And there are some people out there who felt that, who understand how David felt in that moment. Just being you didn't seem like it was enough. In an honest moment, many of you have felt like releasing your life or trading it for another. Remember that Elisha, don't, don't feel by yourself. In Elijah in 1 Kings 19 and 4, Elijah went down to a juniper tree. He laid down and basically said, Lord, I've had enough. One of the greatest prophets in the Bible went down and laid under a juniper tree and said, Lord, being me is not so great anymore. I feel like I'm all alone. I feel like I'm by myself. I feel like I'm the only voice in Israel that honors your name. I, I don't want to be me anymore. In fact, he's saying, I'm going to lay down and Lord, I pray that you take my life. While I'm laying down, Lord, please take my life. I'm saying that for somebody who's felt that and then you felt guilty about feeling that way. I want to let you know you're not by yourself. Elisha, one of the greatest prophets in the Bible, felt the exact same way. Lay down and ask God to take his life. Don't feel ashamed because you had a moment like that. Don't feel inadequate because you had a moment like that. Don't, don't quit. Just because you had a moment of vulnerableness just like that. Elijah, prophet of one of the most respected prophets of the Bible, had a moment just like you. Don't feel inadequate. Don't quit. Understand that God is yet with you. 
Bible says, but they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. In fact, Elijah, even in that moment, God didn't allow him to stay there. And that's what I need you to understand. You may have reached a moment where you felt like you weren't enough. You may have reached a moment where you didn't like your life. You may have reached a moment where you wanted your life to be taken, to be vanquished. But don't stay there. And I'm speaking to somebody who may already, who may still be there. Don't stay there. You can have that moment, but you need to get through that moment. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, don't stay there. Don't stay there. Because God decided to speak to Elijah, but you know what he did? He made him move from where he was. God is almighty. God is all powerful. He could have spoken to Elijah and demonstrated his power right there under the juniper tree, but he did not. He said, Elijah, he he caused an angel to feed him and and Elijah ran in the strength of what he was fed with. And God took him to a place where God spoke to him. But God did not want him to stay right there. He takes him to a place and he's over near a mountain. And then God causes there to be an earthquake. But God was not in the earthquake. He allowed there to be a fire. But he was not in the fire. He allowed there to be hurricane force winds that came by the place where Elisha was, but he was not in the winds. But rather, after all of that, God came in a still, small voice that told Elisha, I am still with you. I need you to understand it's okay to be in a place of depression. It's okay to go through a place of high anxiety. It's all right. Don't be ashamed. Don't feel inadequate. Don't don't quit just because you've gone through a place where you wanted to lay down your life. But I want you to understand, don't stay there. And the reason I say don't stay there is the same as it was for Elijah. It's because I want you to know wherever you are, God is yet with you. Somebody hashtag that God is yet with me. One one coach put victory this way. He said victory is not always having an attitude that you won't be defeated. But he said victory means lasting one moment longer than your enemy. And I want you to get that. Victory means lasting one moment longer than your enemy. One moment longer than your trial. One moment longer than what you're going through. I heard somebody say tough times don't last, but tough people do. God can cause you to be stronger than your storm. God is stronger than whatever you're dealing with. God is stronger than whatever you're suffering with right now. God is more powerful than that. Trust God that he will give you the strength to last one moment longer than whatever you're suffering with. God will give you victory. Victory is my destiny. But see, it's not a matter also of quitting. Some of us, we have not begun. We need to get started. Hardest thing for those of you who are trying to lose weight, for those of you who are trying to stay healthy, it's not continuing to exercise once you've begun. It's starting. You want to run, but you got to start running. You want to exercise at the gym, but you got to go to the gym. You've got to make it there. You have to begin. You have to start. Some of us are in a place where we simply need to start to walk inside the grace that God will give us to finish. We have to start. When I run off and I'm a mile in and I'll say I've come too far to quit. When I get halfway to the house, halfway, halfway through my run, then I'll say it's too late to quit. And when my legs ache and my breathing becomes labored, I say I have, I have too much at stake to give up. But all of that is a product of first beginning. You have to start before you can finish. Faith is trusting God while your dominion is being tested. 
I said faith is trusting God while your dominion is being tested. You put on the armor and you might feel invincible, but that's not faith. Faith is when the fiery darts start coming at your armor. Faith is when the batter, when, when, when the bats and when the sticks come against your armor. And then you begin to wonder, does my armor have the power and the strength to hold up, to withstand this storm? That's where faith kicks in. Faith kicks in when your dominion is being tested. But dominion, again, is not a matter of personal strength. It's a matter of godly position. It's not a matter of personal strength. It's a matter of godly position. Because when you're in the right position, I'm coming to tell you, you're going to win. And don't worry about finding the position for yourself. Trust God that God will place you in the right position. That's how I exercise dominion, because I'm in the right position. It's football Sunday. You'll see several football games today. I promise you during this day, you'll see some interceptions. An interception for the uninitiated is simply when the defense or the other team steals the ball from the offense. The only way you can get an interception is not by prowess. You might be able to catch. It's not by speed. You might be able to run. But to get an interception, you have to be in the right position. You might be the fastest man on the field, but if you're on the other side, you won't catch it. You might have the best hands on, on the team, but if you're on the sidelines, you're not going to get an interception. To get an interception, you have to be in the right position. So dominion is not a matter of strength. It's not a matter of speed. The race is not given to the swift or to the strong, but to he that endures to the end, it's given to the person who's in the right godly position. It's like being first in line all the time. They may run out, but I know that I'm going to get mine. The only thing that I have to do is wait because at some moment, my dominion is going to kick in. And somebody, you're there right now, you're in a place where you feel like you're in lack, you're in want, that you don't have what you need. But I need to let you know as long as you stay in God's position at any moment, your dominion is going to kick in. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. If the, if the, if the lily neither spins nor tolls, but it's provided for all its needs, how much more will my heavenly father provide for one of his children? I might not have it right now, but he may not come when I want him, but he's always on time. My God shall supply all of my needs. My dominion will kick in. And somebody needs to get that in your spirit. Just say, my dominion will kick in. You may not see it right now, but at some moment, my dominion will kick in. Well, I told you, and I'm about to finish here, that you need to fight the fear of inadequacy. Let you, I want you to know that you are enough. The second thing you need to do is fight the fear, the urge to quit. Don't quit because you're already in the right position. The final thing I want you to do is you must fight the power of comparison. See, sometimes we get dissuaded because we see how other people look. We see what other people have and we get disturbed about how successful they are. Watching other people can cause you to be discouraged and want to give up. Why are they blowing up? And nobody's paying attention to me. Why are they looking so Facebook fabulous? And I'm broke and disgusted. But you don't know their story. People want to trade with me because I don't look like what I've been through. But if you knew my unedited story, that I cried for this, that I prayed for this, that I lost for this, that I sacrificed for this, that I almost lost my mind getting where I am right now. But I thank God 
he ordered my steps. And when he ordered my steps, he ordered your steps too. Don't let people who don't know your objective convince you to move. Let me say that again. Don't let people who don't know your objective convince you to move. I need you to understand that people who don't know your objective will cause you to move right before you get it. Let me say that again. People who don't know your objective will cause you to move right before you get what God has for you. So I need you to understand. I might not see it right now. I might not understand it. But God's ways are above my ways. And God's thoughts are above my thoughts. And God is able. Somebody say God is able. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above. together and give God some praise. Come on and bless God in here. Come on, give God the praise. Give him the glory. Give him the honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Final thing I want you to do for those who are taking notes, I told you to fight the fear of inadequacy. You have dominion. You are enough. You must fight the urge to quit. You must have the faith to trust that God has already put you in the right position. Thirdly, you must fight the power of comparison. You must be content in whatever state you are. Because God is simply a matter of your dominion kicking in. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. The final thing I want you to share to share with you is you must fight labels. Fight the labels that people try to place upon your life. Verse 6 and 7 of our text says David encouraged himself in the Lord. David was reminding himself of who he was. Don't let dry people with no oil tell you who you are or what you can do. Don't let them try and tell you who you are or what you can do. God has already established. He's already told you. He told you who you are. He told you what you're going to accomplish. He told you that, oh, I am with you always, even until the end of the earth. God is with me. So I need not fear. I need not worry about others. I need not fear the labels that people might place on me. But I'm going to do like Jeremiah. I'm going to take off my weeping and put on joy. I'm going to take off my despair and put on dominion. I'm taking off pity and I'm putting on power. I'm putting on the whole armor of God that I might be able to stand and occupy the position of favor and power that God has placed me in. Verse says, shall I pursue? In other words, shall I finish? And God said, yes, you, I will grant you the grace to finish. 2020 has been a, year, a tough year. It's been a tough experience. It's not for the weak. And even though you've grown weary, I want you to understand, it's the final quarter. It's the final quarter. Put your four up. It's the final quarter. But we've got this. We've got this. We've got this. God is giving us the grace to finish this struggle. And I want you to know that you have the authority. You have the power. You have the dominion. 
you have the position to finish what God has started in your life. May I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for your unmerited favor. We thank you for your grace. Lord, your grace that helps us when we feel inadequate, when we feel powerless. Your grace is a reminder of our dominion. Lord, we thank you for our position. And Lord, even when our dominion is tested, Lord, help our faith to trust that you will hold us in the place where you've established us. And that nobody has the power and authority to move us from where you have put us. Lord, we ask that you strengthen us in this final quarter of 2020. Give us the grace to finish. Give us the power to finish. Give us the favor to finish. And Lord, we will say like David, in thee, Lord, do we put our trust. In Christ's name we pray. There may be someone out there who recognizes that you have not accepted Christ as your personal Savior. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Just put up your hands wherever you are and say, Lord, I am a sinner. I have fallen short of your glory. And I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry for all of my sin. Please forgive me. Lord, I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ was crucified. He died and was buried, but rose again with all power in his hand. And today I claim him as my savior and my Lord, Jesus into my heart and I'll make you my Savior and my Lord. If you said that prayer by faith, if you said it with commitment in your heart, that I came to celebrate with you and declare that you are saved. God has turned your life around. You've had a heart transplant and your life will never be the same. Get connected to a church. Get connected to a body of believers. If you want to join us at Bright Temple, you can do that digitally right now. Just text Bright Temple to 66866. The word Bright Temple all together, type Bright Temple and text it to 66866. And get connected to our ministry even right now. I pray that God has blessed you and encouraged you by what you have heard on today. And I pray that you will be strengthened, live in faith, live with expectation, and know without a doubt that God has granted you the grace to finish. Put your four up today. Keep your four up this week. I want you to understand it's the final quarter. But whatever it is you're dealing with, you've got this. God bless you. Thank you.